0: Two years later Welcome to this week's episode of Graveyard Coffee
1: Talk. We're your hosts, Amanda and Corinne. And we are back, bitches! In person! The audio is not going to be potato quality.
0: I mean, if it is potato quality, that's my fault, not the technology's fault. (laughs)
1: It's far less likely this time. Fingers crossed. All right. So, uh, our coffee for this week, uh... I don't know if you guys noticed this over the past 13 episodes, but Corinne and I are incredibly similar people. It's a little scary. (laughs) We both got the lavender latte from Heine Brothers Coffee here in Louisville. And it's really lovely. It's It's a good balance of lavender because, man, you can accidentally
0: go ham on lavender.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not that overly, like, floor cleaner floral. That you can get.
0: Yeah. um, That's what I call my migraine. Well, okay. So when I have migraines, I like to make coffee and I like to put lavender syrup in it Mm -hmm. and like a little splash of milk because it's like this is nice and soothing and I'm getting the caffeine and like the lavender is very soothing. Um, I cute, but I dumb. And I don't believe in measuring things. Oh, no. So sometimes I go a little hog on the lavender syrup and it hurts.
1: Yeah. It hurts me, and I'm like,
0: mm, my migraine is worse now.
1: Mistakes and have been made. You guys might think we've learned from these sorts of mistakes, and you'd be wrong. So wrong. It's cute. It's cute to think that I learned from my mistakes, but the answer <laughs> is no.
0: The answer is absolutely, positively no. Yep. All right.
1: So our card pull today.
0: Yes. Um, I pulled from the Wild Unknown Tarot because I love that deck, and it's one of my favorites, and also it was the first one I found which is frequently a requirement for me when I'm pulling cards it's oh this deck is right in my hands great and today we pulled the father of swords i love this card because it's an owl with a sword and i love swords and it's
1: a little rainbow sword he's got he's gay he's he's perching on it he's so proud of himself he's gay owl dad. i love it
0: that's probably not anything what the card is about. Um, but this is a card about being analytical, seeing things from all the angles, um, using your best judgment. So this card is described as, you know, the the father of swords is a responsible man with deep ties to his family. And I don't think that this is really at all related to anything I'm going to be talking about today. Um,
1: I'm sure I could... High school English class, pull something out of my ass to make that work. Um, Mostly when you were saying it's about, you know, making smart choices, I was worried your deck was telling us to stop podcasting.
0: (laughs) No, it's probably telling me to, you know, cut down on my consumption of caffeine or like actually spend more time researching and less time going, oh, it's fine. We're not
1: recording for another week. I've got time. I've never done that <laughs> no ma'am uh-uh
0: it's fine it's great everything's wonderful all and right. nothing hurts
1: <laughs> yet oh what's what's that audio everything's fine everything's good everything's fine and good and fine <laughs> nothing is wrong i'm feeling great <laughs> all right on that wonderful note amanda what's our topic So our topic this week uh, doesn't have the best name yet. I'm sure it will when it gets posted. And (laughs) you guys are welcome for our cleverness in advance. Um, It's witchy or cursed locations. Or objects. Or objects. Um, It's cursed shit, y'all. So apologies in advance, Corinne. God damn it. Okay. You love it when I start my segments off that way. It just hurts me because I know that I'm going to have nightmares. Because you are never going to look at Old Louisville, a.k.a. where I spent most of my free time during high school, a.k.a. the most haunted neighborhood in the United States. Uh. The same way again. For today, I bring you the tale of the Louisville Witch's Tree. I've seen that bitch. Mm Mm-hmm. I know her. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, if you've ever walked down 6th Street in Louisville, you have seen this tree. And I'm going to tell you its origin story. Okie dokie, artichokey. All right. So in 1889, the thought of witches and evil magical practices wasn't any sort of fringe belief. Everyone believed that that was a possibility here in Kentucky, um, even in the incredibly wealthy and... Uh enlightened neighborhood of Old Louisville. Nice word twist there. I like it. You know, I had to think about it for a second. I, I
0: could have said something much meaner. I could tell where you were going, and that's why I was impressed that you
1: went with enlightened. <laughs> so at the corner of 6th Street and Park Avenue, there stood a majestic maple tree. Okay. It was a pretty well-known rumor that witches and voodoo practitioners used that tree as a popular middle-of-the-night meeting spot for... Rituals, dark practices, sabbaths, things like that. I mean,
0: having been on that street corner for a production
1: of the Scottish play, (laughs) I'd believe it. Yeah. Uh, Side note, before we get back to the witches' tree, I was a little confused about voodoo being listed. And, you know, I'll be honest, I assumed it was a racist shorthand for any black witches in the area because I don't have... Any faith in 1889 Kentucky or 1889 anywhere in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But I did some digging and it turns out that voodoo did make its way to Kentucky at the very least uh, several years earlier in 1848. Okay. And it's assumed that it made its way up the Mississippi from New Orleans. Makes sense. During the slave trade. Um, And the voodoo practices that are noted in contemporary texts Mm -hmm. are uh, amongst enslaved peoples. Mm -hmm. Were primarily in the form of practices that were believed to make it impossible for plantation owners to flog them. Interesting. And I have no doubt that more of the religious practices were brought up the river as well mm-hmm. and that these are just the things that white people were writing about and informed of yeah at all mm-hmm. um i'm still working on finding some more resources on the way more traditional beliefs made their way across the country mm-hmm. but voodoo being a closed practice it's really difficult yeah and we want to respect that it is a clo- closed practice exactly exactly Um, But I thought that was interesting, and uh, it's – the articles that I saw specifically noted Owensboro
0: interesting, a voodoo
1: hotspot. Interesting, okay. Right after the Civil War. Huh, I did not know that. Which, uh, you know, I don't know if any of our listeners have been to Owensboro, but I would not have assumed that.
0: No, my great aunt lived at a – not a convent, but she was a nun, Mm -hmm. and their sister house was based in – Owensboro.
1: So. Yeah, and it's just not... It is not somewhere that I would associate with occult practices of any sort. No, it's kind of uh, white bread. A little bit. But back to the witch's tree. (laughs) Sorry. So in 1889, city festival planners wanted to chop down the tree for a May Day celebration and announced as much. Fucking rude. Right? The officials were warned by the witches not to do so, Mm -hmm. including the... Ominous warning. If you do this, you will regret it. If you do this blasphemous thing, beware the 11th month. Okay. Despite that warning, the wonderfully enlightened city planners cut the tree down and put a maypole up on the trunk. That's... wow.
0: Right? That's like insult to injury.
1: Yeah. And in, in response, the witches announced that they placed a curse on the city... But as days turned to weeks and weeks to months, the general public either forgot about the curse or figured it was all baloney.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Makes Uh, sense. Don't worry, though. That witch wasn't lying when she said, beware the 11th month. Mm Mm-hmm. So what did November bring to us? No, on March 28th, 1890... 11 months to the day. Oh, 11 months after. Exactly. Not, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> I got you. 11 months to the day that the tree was chopped down. A tornado so destructive it was called the Storm Demon <laughs> swept through the city destroying mansions, churches, urban warehouses, oh no, tobacco warehouses, Meh. and claiming at minimum 100 lives. Damn. And as if that wasn't spooky enough, one single bolt of lightning struck the witch's trees, the witch tree's stump during the storm. Awesome. And a couple months after the storm demon ravaged Louisville, Mm -hmm. people noticed something very strange. Oh. In the very spot where the lightning struck, new growth showed up. Life finds a way. Mm -hmm. And today there is a twisted, gnarled, Tim Burton-looking tree in its place. I have seen that tree, and she's pretty, though. She's, she's we take good We take good care of her. Look, Tim Burton has an aesthetic. He does. And that tree inspired that aesthetic. Damn straight. Today, people seek the tree out and leave beads, flowers, yeah, whatever trinkets they want to uh, for the witches. Yes. In the hopes of good luck. Um, a lot of people will, prior to the derby, leave upturned horseshoes in the tree mm-hmm. for good luck on their bets. Yeah, the first
0: time I saw it was um, near Mardi Gras. So I saw all the beads and I thought, I was like, what assholes put beads <laughs> all over the fucking tree for Mardi Gras? No, no, it's not offering. Mm-hmm. They weren't just drunk people
1: throwing beads on the tree. <laughs> I mean, there might have been some of those too. When eh, some you lose them. Uh, but don't even think about stealing from the tree, lest you incur the wrath of the initial curse. Good to know. Uh, couldn't find any evidence that anyone has claimed bad luck. hmm You know, from stealing from the tree, but... Like, just why would you? Let's not bring a once-in-a-lifetime tornado to Louisville the same decade we have a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic.
0: Yeah, let's not. Let's not do that. We- we've had enough major world events in the last couple of years. Like let's just take a break. Right? Let's just right. take a break.
1: Um, so I've included a picture here, which I'm gonna show Corinne and I'll make sure that pictures end up on our socials when this episode comes out. And uh also, Corinne, we are so going to this tree and leaving a gift.
0: Well yeah, there's also it's near a brewery. Is Old Louisville right near them? Yeah. Cause I parked near this tree last time I went to Old Louisville. Oh man. Because I was going for the beignet bash that Mattingly Edge throws.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I was like, look at this perfectly good parking spot next to a creepy tree.
1: Uh, The tree wanted you to have that perfectly good parking spot. It did. It did. <laughs> it knew. And you didn't leave a single offering for I it, did you?
0: I didn't know better.
1: I know this tree, but I didn't know the story. How dare. I know, I'm such a whore. Uh, but that is my segment. Look at me actually... Re- leashing myself
0: oh wow i feel a little bit bad i so i felt like i didn't have enough with my first so i actually have two different topics okay
1: well for me i think i may have misunderstood the assignment and i made cursed objects its own set of show notes gotcha so (laughs) okay so i i kind of
0: combined the two gotcha um so y'all Y'all, I did a lot of research while we were planning this set of episodes, and it was really Eurocentric, and that just kind of made me sad. So I am breaking free of these Eurocentric narratives. And the first story I am bringing to you has everything. We've got kitsune. We've got cursed stones. We've got cursed stones breaking and possibly freeing those kitsune. Great! And different variants on the legend. Also, this was on Twitter recently, so you might already be familiar with this, dear listeners. <laughs> um, if you missed the latest possible sign of the end times in early March, a stone known as Seki, or the Killing Stone, cracked in half in the town of Nasa, Japan. Uh, this stone was said to be where the spirit of an evil nine-tailed fox demon was imprisoned. Now, if you're familiar with Japanese mythology, or, you know, watch anime... You will know that a fox demon, or Kitsune, is considered more powerful the greater number of tails it has. So Nine Tails is like a really big McFuckin' deal. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Naruto, but QB, Nine Tails, gonna fuck you up. I've played Pokemon. And you got this. Um, so this particular demon had walked the earth disguised as a beautiful woman known as Tamamo no Mae. And she had been working with a daimyo who was trying to overthrow and murder the emperor. Like you do, yeah. Um, and I saw a few different names regarding the name of the emperor that she was supposed to seduce regarding the daimyo with whom she was working. And the name of the warrior who ultimately killed her. And I know names could be a very fluid thing back then, so it could just be that these are all different variants of the same people. That makes sense. But I didn't know for sure, so I'm just kind of keeping it general here. Um, But anyway, after she was killed, her body was transformed into a stone, which is now called Sesshoseki. And uh, the reason that the stone was called Sesshoseki, which, again, means the killing stone, is because anybody who would approach it would drop dead. Um, Like you do. Yeah, like you do. So, you know, Buddhist monks would frequently try and go appease the stone because, you know, there's an angry spirit trapped inside and drop dead. Like you do. So eventually, according to one story, uh, the Buddhist monk Genno exercised Tamaonomai's spirit and then broke the stone into a bunch of pieces and scattered it. Um, however, people... Sorry. Rewind that. So there are a lot of different stones in Japan known as Seshaseki. Okay. But the reason the one in Asu is kind of like the most officially recognized Seshaseki is because it is in an area that is known for volcanic activity... And sometimes in the area, uh, hydrogen sulfide and sulfur dioxide leak from the ground, which will absolutely kill you. Yeah, yeah, it will. Um, So, somewhat understandably given all of this. And yes, listeners, I am, in fact, gesturing vaguely at the entire world. It's true. She is. People are spooked that a possibly malicious Kitsune spirit has been freed after a thousand years of being imprisoned in a rock. No, thank you. Um, And I was telling Amanda that some of the story of Sashoseki actually reminds me of a very fun YA book series, if you were looking for some nice slow burn romance. Always. Um, Shadow of the Fox by Julie Kagawa, who is a Louisville author, by the way. She's not from Louisville originally, but she lives here in the city. At least that's what her Twitter says. Fine. And her official bio. Something in the water. Yep. But uh, that is about a young half-kitsune girl who is on a mission to protect uh, mythical, fictional Japan. And at one point is, like, trying to ingratiate herself with an emperor. Not to murder him. She's kind of, like, sweet. But it's very, like... Spoilers. Spoilers. Maybe I wanted to believe it was to murder him. It's very, um, grumpy Gus and Sunshine romance tropes. uh, Very slow burn. Love a grumpy Sunshine romance. And she's just so sweet and ditzy and I love her so very much. She must be protected. So similar, but not anywhere near as, like, malicious. Okay. At least not on her part. Um, but, sorry, going back to S-Shoseki, uh to be fair, according to the experts at the historical site, the rock had been developing some cracks over the years, so it is not entirely po- impossible that water had seeped into those cracks, ice had formed, and that had caused it to split. Because if you can get a really good side of cleavage, it will split directly in half, which is uh, what happened to the rock. It, it's super in half.
1: I have, in fact, seen that picture. Um, yeah. It looks really intentional which i understand nature just does sometimes but did it have to do it in the year of our lord 2022 yeah and like you
0: know it could be a malignant fox demon i'm not writing off anything entirely this year oh no Mm -mm. um so like i said i felt like i didn't have a ton so i decided to find another cursed location okay and um After I googled around some, I learned about the Chambal River in India, which runs through Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan, and Uttar Pradesh. All 600 miles of this river. Totally considered cursed. Jesus Christ. Or, so it was considered cursed for a very long time. Um, Going back to the um, Mahabharat. So in the Mahabharat, we've got, uh, the river itself was at the time known as I'm so sorry. I'm so bad at Hindi. Charmanyavati and the heroine of the Mahabharat, uh Draupadi was there with one of her five husbands.
1: Good for you. Yeah. She's like this is one of those important facts from the story. Like this woman had five husbands. Did any of them change the toilet paper roll?
0: Don't know. Don't know. My uh, guess is no. Probably not. But uh One of her five husbands was involved in a dice game along the banks of the river and lost. And she was very nearly disrobed after he lost. Um, There were some divine interventions so that she did not lose her clothing. But in her fury and her shame, she cursed the river so that anyone who drank from its waters would be filled with a thirst for vengeance. So, for quite literally centuries no one settled along this 600-mile river. You might occasionally find bandits hanging out there. It was a good place to hide. Um, But that, up until like the 1970s, if it wasn't bandits, it was not really anybody. But because there was so comparatively little human habitation, um, that river is considered almost completely pristine. It is also filled to the rim with unique fauna, including gharials, Gangnatic river dolphins, and hundreds of other species. There are at least two wildlife sanctuaries that run along the river in different states of India. Interesting. Which I just thought that was really cool. I was like, okay, so we've got this river that was considered cursed,
1: but, you know, it's kind of become a blessing. That's fun. I'm just sitting here wondering who those dolphins want revenge on now.
0: God damn it, Amanda. <laughs> I was drinking, y'all. I was drinking and I just almost shot a latte out of my nose.
1: I could pretend I have regrets. You don't. I know you. We've been friends for too long. No, I do love that, though. I, I'm mostly impressed that for centuries that myth was able to spread such a large geographical distance. To the point that people wouldn't settle there.
0: It's really fascinating. I So I was Googling around because, like I said, I was like, ah, you know, Seshaseki is really cool, but I don't have a ton of information on it. I even looked at, like, Hyakumanagatari to see if they had any variants of the story. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. I was kind of bummed about that. So I'm Googling around. I'm like, okay, what other cursed places can I find? And I found reference to the Chambal River. And I was like, the whole fucking river I was like, it must not be a very big river. And then the internet is like, it's a 600-mile-long river. And I go... Oh, that's a big river. Yeah, that's real big. So then, you know, they're making all these references in the Mahabharat, and I'm unfortunately, I don't. I'm not very familiar with Mahabharat. Really, the only classical Indian text I read is the Bhagavad Gita, and that was in high school for funsies. So I don't remember a lot of it. It's was a weird kid. No, was <laughs> pretentious little shit. No. So it was actually really fun to, like, start going through and learning a little bit more about Indian mythology just because I remember being very interested in it as a child. And then as I've gotten older, I just – I haven't read as much about it and I haven't retained the things that I remember reading as a child. So it was it was kind of fun. I'm like, I feel like I'm sort of going back home a little bit.
1: Aw. But, yeah, that's what I got. Fun. Um little bit of a shorter episode for you guys. Hopefully it lasted your whole commute. Um, if you're stuck commuting back to the office again. Or, you know, like a nice uh, walk around the neighborhood. Yeah, go out, stretch your legs a little bit. Hopefully it's not 20 degrees where you are like it is right now, despite being 60 degrees three days ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was editing the Winter Myths episode, and we were joking about, like, you might be listening to this in
1: second winter. And I was like, oh, bitch, we were right. (laughs) That's true, because that releases tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah. As
1: we're recording, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I was like, oh, look at us. We predicted it. Oh, sorry. Oh, now I feel bad about talking about Se Shoseki might possibly be (laughs) a real...
1: Uh, You know... If it happened, it happened, and I'm I'm not going to try to bet on what causes the end of the world no, anymore. No, that's a sucker's bet. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it's great to actually be back in person recording these things. Um, so sweet dreams and caffeinated nightmares, everyone.
0: Night. Thank you for listening to Graveyard Coffee Talk. Our theme music is "Pretty Little Dead Girls" by and McGuire, copyright 2006, and used with permission. Our cover art is by Kyle Welsh. If you want to keep the chat going, please visit our website at graveyardcoffeetalk.com for transcripts, episode notes, and more. Follow us on Instagram at graveyardcoffeetalkpod or on Twitter at talkgraveyard.
1: They say she's out there on the hill They say she's looking for a prom date So long dead, but she's 16 still And she never grew up, and she never will